if you guys know the old video game Punch Out, Mike Tyson, the original, yes, the original Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. One of the I remember that. Yes, I watched you beat it, and I was very impressed. So one of the last, maybe like it's the third from the last guy that you have to fight. His name is Soda Popinski. Yes, and Soda Popinski. Is Soda Popinski because he can't be Soda Alcoholitsky or whatever. Yeah. So, because it's a kid's game. So, uh, it shows him, after your first round, it shows him with, like, what looks like a wine bottle or something. And he's, you know, it's like NES, so it's just like, bloop, 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 up and down. And then his quote will say, I can't drive. So I'm going to walk all over you. <laughs> That's interesting. Those old, those old games like yeah, have yeah. a lot of um, yeah. secret hidden things in them. Yeah. Like, did you know this about Street Fighter? That the character Balrog from Street Fighter, uh-huh. he was originally M Bison. I know this, and the reason why it's M Bison because it's M Tyson. It was supposed to be Mike Tyson. Yeah. But they couldn't get the rights to use his name, so they changed it to M Bison. It and made then it for a different the, character. Then for the American version, they switched it. <laughs> Just to make doubly sure. Yeah. They switched the... Oh, my gosh. Okay, now are we ready to start? <laughs> Good video game knowledge. Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. We're here to talk about things, right? What things? Music. Oh, oh, media? What's the last one? Yep, and the mission of Jesus. So much more. Lots and lots. And you know what? A final M to put on that list. Me, 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 me. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Uh, Finally. Oh, (laughs) me too. (laughs) Hey, a Matrix Reloaded reference. That's a that's a old trophy you dusted off. No one got that reference. Oh, I got got that reference. Then Facebook us or something. Me, 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 me too. (laughs) I like that. Um. So okay. Um. We are continuing. This will be the final uh, kind of uh, episode in, a, in our series here about uh, being perfect in weakness, to kind of discussing ourselves a little bit. I mm-hmm. found this to be quite yeah. fascinating. I've learned oh, yeah. more about you both. I've learned more about myself in the process of research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's my turn. Uh, and yeah. so I, I found it uh, to be a lot of fun just to show and mm-hmm. just explore and show how God has been transforming our own lives. And uh and and uh, hopefully as a form of encouragement to others, to our listeners, and uh, and just to show uh, kind of the, where we come from. I don't know about you guys, but I learned a lot just from making the notes for my own episode. Yeah, that's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Introspective Absolutely. kind of thing. It was some things I was kind of thinking about and processing over the last year or two anyway. And so it was nice to kind of like put that down and really think through it. And after we mm-hmm. get done with this series, it would be great for our people in the comments to comment and tell us what our actual real weaknesses are. Just tear us down. Tell us how terrible Please. we are. No, I got to tell you, my wife's already waiting on that. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> I, think, I think there's probably certain Facebook groups we could probably post it in and they'd be mm-hmm. glad to tell us. Obviously. Yeah, but no. I so, love social media. Hey, even bad press is press, right? That's true. Any press is good press. So, um, okay. So before we get started. We are going to do a worship song as always. And in the theme of the last four episodes, we are going to do another sort of um, bluegrass adjacent style. Um, I got blisters on my banjo fingers. (laughs) This will be more of like a melodic uh, kind of up-tempo bluegrass version of um, a song I wrote not too long ago called Body, Soul, and Spirit that we did for the um, Heavenly um, Spiritual Beings uh, series. 
when we wanted to talk about uh, what happens to the human body, like what is it, the mm-hmm. human body now, and what will it be um, a- a- after the uh, second resurrection, I believe is what we're, or maybe mm-hmm. the, well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The second resurrection. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, without further ado, here it is. Yeah. 
God, thank you so much for um, giving us another chance to come together tonight to uh, worship you and to learn more about ourselves, learn about you. Um, God, we just thank you for your word that you could provide to us to, to help us to not only um, stay true to the path you have set for us as Christians, but also to help us to seek after you even deeper um, as we live. And so uh, we pray tonight that you would, again, be a part of all we're doing, that you would be glorified by what we're doing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okie doke. So I think it was Zach asked Bob. No, no. Zach Bob Bob asked Zach. Zach. I asked Bob. No, you should ask me. That's right. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. So (laughs) let's start. I have have just a small... A few small scriptures. Do you guys want to read those for me? I actually sure. have them listed on there. I'll do the first one. Okay. Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. In First Thessalonians uh, 2 verse 3, uh, says, or 3 through 5, it says, For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity, or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God for who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with pretext for greed. God is witness. So I hope that gives you guys a maybe a rough estimate of where I'm going to be talking about, like an area that I, I in the past have needed a lot of help with, but um, I've come a long way. I'm not completely out of the dark woods of this weakness in terms of um, n- having struggles every now and again. But I am much more equipped to recognize and mm-hmm. write myself as opposed to in the past. Um, before we get into the areas of growth, I'll just share sort of this weird thing that's hard to, to, to describe. Um, when you're dealing with depression... Mm-hmm. which I'm not an expert, but I have, I have depression issues. So I can only speak from my own personal, um, example and my feelings, but, um, in the mindset that you're in, when you're feeling mm-hmm. bad about yourself, so let's, let's start there. Um, it can feel like no matter what evidence is presented that y- things are bad. So, um, any depression, I think, can be bad, especially if it is it is something that can stop you your actual like life. Mm-hmm. But when when my depression is directed towards my own self mm-hmm. worth and value in who I am, and you know, uh, it becomes self destructive. So before we even talk about the growth places, I'll tell you that's like the thing that may, that happens as a result of my weakness. In the worst possible way. Um, And so it was a thing that needed to be addressed that was just never addressed for a long time. Which is why I say it's still like out there because Mm -hmm. depression is still a thing. Yeah. Then it can just lead to that in my mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Areas of growth. Yeah. So, Colin, why don't you share with us a little bit. um, What are the key areas of growth in your life that you have wrestled with? Okay. So, if you guys didn't catch it from the... um, the scripture, um, I have a list here and I'll just read it off to you. 
So one of the things I used uh, I used to and sometimes maybe still do is go out of my way to earn friendship and acknowledgement from others who I am oh for who I am. Oh to 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 help you know me sort of like myself. Yeah. So are, are you kind of saying that like when you have done like nice things in the past or like gone out of your way to like extend a hand of friendship. It's been sort of to get like an approval. Not, I mean, not entirely. See, like, it's just like you and Bob, you always have like a good intention, right? Yeah. You have a good intention, but there's like a little bit of a like motive there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Mm -hmm. So, so, so what that can feel like for, for maybe people who have listened, who have, who may have this similar issue of maybe people pleasing, which is what a lot of people call it. I, I wouldn't say it's called people pleasing because people pleasing suggests that all you want to do is please people. I think the real root of it, which I've argued for each our, each of our weaknesses mm-hmm. is a pride thing, but mm-hmm. it's, but the way pride manifests itself is interesting for different people. Pride is one of those things like um, CS Lewis kind of talks about pride and he says it's like the root pretty much of like all sins. If you think about it. it, it is because it just, it's different in every single person and it can like cause you to like fall into different like motivations because mm-hmm. you're just acting on your pride. Oh well, yeah. See, so people oh, think yeah. of pride as in like, I like, I am very like uh positive about me. Yeah. But what prod really comes down to, especially when the scriptures is like being me focused. Yeah. Right. So, which can be subtle in other in some unique ways, and so right. I think what yeah. you're getting in with you is that it's a bit more subtle in your situation. Well, for example, the difference between let's say you and I had a uh, a very friendly debate, Bob, about mm-hmm. a particular subject. Um, is my goal to facilitate a communication that would maybe have you rethink the subject matter, or is it to make me seem like the smart guy in the end? Mm, the difference right. is pride. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oftentimes that is the case. So in, in the case of making it the, my first one, going out of my way to earn friendship and acknowledgement from others, um, that whole aspect is because I have this like need, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least I, you know, I'm working to grow out of this, but it's this idea that like, once that is established, I can validate my worth right. with that relationship. Now, I, just as a side question, have you ever read the book, The Five Love Languages? Yes, I have. Okay, so I, if... so I, I All think, five. <laughs> He's all read five. all five No, no, books. I'm saying like, I'm, yeah. I'm just telling you, if any of the five love languages are professed towards me, they are effective. Right, but but, <laughs> but probably the most the most effective one, would, would you say, would be the words of affirmation? That is one. I do feel like... Hold on. You're... Oh, I do, I do feel like words of affirmation are like a big deal to you. It and is it's, important. It's, it's probably been the most funny important because one. it's like yes, not. Yeah, that's what I'm getting not, the most important. It's not that big a deal to me. And so <laughs> I know that yours is uh, I think it's a uh, gift like of service time. and quality, quality time. Yeah. Right? Things like that. Yeah. yeah. So for 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 uh, for for example, <laughs> I sometimes am really stressed out and I have like headaches or something and Jessica will scratch me on my head or mm-hmm. whatever. Love it. What is that? Physical touch? Yeah. 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 I don't need to like extrapolate out from physical touch. I'm just saying. Yeah. If somebody was like, I love you and hug me and like scratch mm-hmm. my head. I'm like, oh man, this is like numero uno. <laughs> but then <laughs> if somebody, but if somebody gave me a gift and it was yeah. really heartfelt, love it. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying 
the, the root of all those love languages is love, right? Mm-hmm. And love is something I really desire from a friendship or a relationship. And so to me, the more important aspect of it is the intention behind yeah. the act. Right. right. And so I've actually, it's funny because I've, I've prayed about this with, uh, to God about the pruning process. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, that fixating on intention in terms of who I am as a person is a bad thing, but, but uh, right. let me explain sure. what I mean by that. I believe intention is extremely important in my relationships with people, but also in my, uh, just in my daily life. So for mm-hmm. example, Zach, if you called me a fat idiot, <laughs> let's say, and you did Those it. Those would be some non words of affirmation. Okay. Well, well let, let's say, <laughs> but, let's, but let's say you did it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like a, the punchline of a joke or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would, I would hardly be hurt because I know yeah. most of the time that Zach's intentions would be as a joke and he didn't mean it to hurt my feelings. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No, yeah. no, no, absolutely. No. And, and, and I don't, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you because the same act could be done in a completely different way mm-hmm. and be, right. yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so for a person like myself, who is a people pleaser, that's what people say like, Oh, you're a people pleaser. But what it really is is desiring the real intention of like loving somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like like, hey, I went out of my way and I did this nice thing for you, and especially from people who don't express their emotions very much. And a person <laughs> like me just just becomes like fixated on like getting that uh, validation. You've found those people that are like, oh, they're a tough nut to crack. Introverts, <laughs> and you're like, I'm gonna get them. People who don't express their emotions <laughs> yep. very much, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, those, I, I know exactly those what types about. of people. And if, and and I, I would argue that if you're a person listening, that a lot of intro, uh, a lot of introverts and extroverts become friends for that reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, an introverted person doesn't like to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. They may be happier to have an extroverted person be around so that the conversation seems like it's moving and the introvert can kind of step in when they feel like it. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of relationships like that. I'll tell you a lot of my good friends are more introverted people. Oh yeah. It's not always a one for one. Like uh, I I love Bethany. She's more of an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've met. But, but Bethany is, is, is my extrovert. Whereas I'm, whereas I'm the Mm. introvert. You are. And now as a result, I think you've grown and become more of a learned, a learned extrovert, just like Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and And your wife, Jessica is one of the most introverted people. And I am one of the most extroverts that I've ever met. And you're one of the most extroverts. Yes. Yes. So it it is perfect balance. (laughs) Um, As all things should be, as Thanos would say. (laughs) It is a relationship of extremes. That's true. It's a spec. It's a, it's a very extreme spectrum in our Mm -hmm. case, but, but balance, but it, but it does work. And mm-hmm. I can honestly tell you guys in terms of me and Jessica's mm-hmm. relationship, the reason why Jessica and I are just made for each other. And I don't want to, you know, just go on, on a long thing about that. I could is because I never felt like I had to work hard for her affection. It was so effortless for us to like mm-hmm. each other and to love each other and to work hard to help each other that at a certain point I never had to like worry that, I was having to do something. Yeah. And that leads back to the people pleasing, which is to me, people pleasing. The idea is a byproduct of the feeling the extrovert has a lot of, not every extrovert, but just me in particular, uh, my type of extrovert. So the whole like Enneagram, like the helper, yeah, the twoing three, I think it's called something else. Like it's something very specific, but um, essentially it suggests, 
Oh, it's the host. I think this is the host. I think this is what they call it. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, you are just like, I'll do anything to like make people happy. I'll like serve them, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll do all this extra stuff. Well, I've seen you really shine, like you know, having like a you know D and D night or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So go out of your way to bring the good snacks and all that. So in the Enneagram thing, and again, I'm not I'm not super hot on um on uh, personality tests or any of that stuff. So I'm not, I'm not saying like the Enneagram is great or anything, but I will say this. And one of the things that did uh, kind of line out about a personality like mine, let's mm-hmm. say that they got it completely right. Um, one of the things they mentioned is that like people who are like myself, who don't get the things they need from other relationships become emotional and like mm-hmm. become like erratic and lash out and stuff that does happen to me. And it's because if I feel like, or in the past, if I felt like the um, reciprocation wasn't there, or I felt like I got to a point where I would do so much, and then they would just be like, eh, you know, I don't want to hang out with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I'm just like, forget that person. I, <laughs> I, I guess I'm just, you know, nobody likes, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was trying to reiterate earlier, is that in an attempt to kind of, you know, fill myself up with this feeling of, you know, validation. Uh, I push too hard or I, mm-hmm. I, I would want it too much or whatever. Um, and so that, that's a big one. So uh, let me go down the rest of this list. So all of those stem from all of the extra things on this list stem from that. Yeah. So deeds oriented. So that's a big thing. And a lot of people, you know, theologically have some issues. I don't mean I'm deeds oriented in that. I believe you, think you can earn your salvation. I don't or anything. Be, Yeah. But what I yeah. mean is in terms of, uh, how I operate a lot of the times mm-hmm. I'm like, these are the things that I do to be who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a social guy who's always trying to be nice to people and that's who I am. You mm-hmm. know? So one, one acknowledgement for what I do. So that's the extra part of the, the deeds thing, which is words of affirmation, sacrifice myself for fleeting feelings. So we already talked about that. Take on too many responsibilities. Now let's, go into that because when i was at northridge if you remember i talked about the spinning plates yeah oh jake, yeah and jake would say like you're I've, not prepared this morning i've used that spinning plates analogy mm-hmm. other times with like in like a sermon i think i used it mm-hmm. one time yeah yeah i remember i remember yeah. that i remember using so the that. idea of the spinning plates if you don't know it's like almost like a magician's like sort of a performance trick where you have these sticks and then there's plates on top and you spin them and then you've got to constantly go to each one and keep it spinning yeah. Or else they'll start to topple and fall yeah. over. Now Gen Z doesn't know anything about right. so <laughs> spinning plates tricks. So if you only had like let's say eight plates and you were fast enough to get all those mm-hmm. relatively good and just go back and forth and you weren't winded and you could make it to them and somebody introduced a ninth plate, you would be like, oh no! And then as you try to get that next one going, the rest mm-hmm. would fall down. And so that has happened to me as a result of taking on stuff to be a a, a person who accommodates for validation to, to serve people for possible validation. So as a result, yeah. taking on too many responsibilities results in everything. kind of as, as someone who's married to someone like that, I can, I can definitely understand me and Bethany yeah. are, are similar oh, in yes. a lot of ways. Not exactly. Oh, absolutely. Bethany has a lot of different um, organizational and goal related things that that's yeah. kind of, we oh, split. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but one of the things we share is our extroverted, mm-hmm. like wanting to be the life of the party, wanting to be yep. happy, wanting to talk yes. a lot. And, want, want, want to be a person who's doing a lot of things. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so need relationships to fend off stress. So let's talk about that. 
going back to the idea of the depression thing. So if I'm not fed at least occasionally by social interaction, some bad things happen to me it's still to this day. That's, that is a definite thing still going on with me. But part of that is like what Zach mentioned, uh, I think in the B roll about how I get energy from social interaction. Yeah. Because I'm an extrovert. Yeah. But it takes that it. That is one- supposedly how you define like extrovert or introvert. Cause you know, like I'm sort of in between, but I think I have like extroverted days sometimes because I kind of get tired and then I get energy going just right. from hanging out with people. Even if that doesn't always look like being like the most talkative person. <laughs> And, and right. And so, yeah. and so then as a result of kind of like needing that, it almost feels like, okay, so it's it, in a way, if you think about it, it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. you know, you need mm-hmm. like food, shelter and that kind of thing. Absolutely. For me, I would, I think it's one of them as social interaction is a, yeah, is, it is. Is, is a lower tier, but um, I would argue the scriptures also argue that having absolutely no social interaction is not a good thing. Right. So, there is reasons to argue that social interaction, at least on a minimal scale, is 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 what you need. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But for me, especially I think, from a biblical, biblical perspective, you need that, that community. community. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I may I may be weak in that I almost like desire it more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, then the next one, willing to change my values to fit in or for approval. Now, this is, I believe, been pruned out of my life. But there was a time when... I would like in high school and then like right into college and a little bit uh, where I had a lot of friends who were apprehensible or doing maybe like non-Christian stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just liked having the relationship still. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. embracing a a righteous life in the same Mm -hmm. way. And I might've been embracing a righteous life had it not been for those relationships, but I was not in a place where I was like, Oh, I just need to cut those out of my life. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Things have changed, but for the time being, this is a area of growth we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So confidence. Uh, so I want to talk about FUMC at some point, but we'll get to it. But um, confidence is something that has been an issue for me in terms of making a decision that ultimately mm-hmm. makes people angry. And then me thinking that I did something wrong. Yeah. Mm. You now, don't wanna, you don't want to feel like you've disappointed people. That's right. Yeah. Now, those that what I just said is not they're not mutually like what I mean is um, those things aren't all related to each other. They can be mutually exclusive. Like you could do something that is totally right and people be mad at you. Yeah. Because it might be the right thing to do. And those people may not be in the right place to Mm -hmm. make a judgment on that. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was so dictated by I so worried about what people thought. Yeah that it was hard for me to see that, especially if it was somebody that at the time I thought was very wise and might have like a better perspective than myself. Now, the one thing I'm going to get to, and again, I'm not trying to glorify myself, but the one thing I want to get to is this idea that God was saying, I'm going to equip you with the tools so that you can understand right from wrong in like a very clear way. And then when you make a decision, be confident regardless of the result. Mm, that's very that, interesting. That's what I want to get to in this talk, yeah. but we'll get there. It's interesting how stepping away, and we had that episode where we talked yeah. about that. We're going to talk about it. But stepping away can kind of teach you that, and it kind of did a similar thing with my yeah. issue too. It's like God almost kind of gives you like a practice round for like, yeah. um, you know, bettering yourself in the ways that he's trying to um, better you. And so... um 
the way that that can even like come about with like ministry and like mm-hmm. ministry becomes a place where people like let all their hangups like sometimes come out. It reminds me a lot of like um, Matthew six two. Uh, Jesus says, "When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in right. the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you." they have received their reward in full. And so I think like if you're like going into ministry and like you're trying to do it to like, you know, fulfill your needs. And I think a lot of people go into ministry kind of at least are like tempted to kind of do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when like, mm-hmm. okay, well yeah, you've been given your needs. So there you go. You've received your reward. So, <laughs> right. So, so that scripture that you shared, it's the thing that's interesting about it is that, early stages of Colin before Colin fully, you know, kind of evolved as a Christian, Mm -hmm. this was an issue. And part of the reason it was an issue was that we had, it was almost like, um, mass recruiting a friend thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want to appear to a lot of people. Like I'm this like really great, lovable guy, you know, Mm -hmm. high school, college, uh, church, early church, and the reason I think that that was important to me is because I thought like, oh, well, if everybody thinks I'm a likable guy, mm-hmm. then whatever. Now, that has flip-flopped a lot in my life, but it took a long time to to, to be pruned that way. Mm-hmm. And so for, for a person like myself who um, was already extroverted and did like actually doing stuff socially it seemed like it all fit in well and that's just my personality but there was these underlying weaknesses there that were like very hard struggling points and i think a lot of people i think a lot of people have their thing like i mean you talked about uh your your position your prestigious position with work Mm -hmm. and bob talked about like the the lack of control in a situation would lead Mm -hmm. you so if you look at it through that scripture's lens it is a very pride like yeah. heavy thing. Oh yeah. To, to be oh, like, yeah. look how great I am, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it's, it's not about being like, Oh, oh I have yeah. pride in, in my abilities to do this. It's more like, Oh, me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's the issue right there. It's making it about you. Exactly. And, and so, so how can you flip that? So yeah. if, if, the, if in the scripture, when, um, uh, when you are serving someone and it is mm-hmm. privately. And what's funny is that Jesus so often in the gospels will do something like a miracle and then he'll say, don't tell anybody, just go, yeah. just go off and oh, yeah. tell yeah, your, tell your mom time. and that's it. And just, just go and have a nice time. And everybody's like, Oh, we should tell everybody. And he's like, no, 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 no. And what's funny is that he cares more about the end result of this being mm-hmm. crucified. And I almost wonder if all those situations are like, well, if I get too big, then they'll all start actually thinking like full scale without really believing. They'll just be like, oh, well, he's just known for doing miracles. Well, remember like one of the temptations that the devil gave to Jesus was like, take yourself to this tall tower and throw yourself off and your foot won't strike the stone. And, you know, even use that scripture. Angels will will come down concerning you. (laughs) And like that would have been like if Jesus had done that, that would have been like using his spectacular like gifts to like really wow people, but then right. it would have been, you know, it, it would have been prideful because then he would have been trying to outdo Satan yeah. by using like his state status as a, as God. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 
exactly. which is what Satan wanted to use. Exactly. It's like you can't defeat him using his tools. Oh, so, it's rain. Oh, rain. You note that that's a spot where rain barked. Yep. We're going? Yep. And right. we're good. So, um, yeah, it's cool that rain is now a uh, regular on the podcast. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I know. It's um, So, so yeah, uh, moving moving on. Give us some examples from your early life. Like, how has this kind of, like, um, shown up in the past? Yeah. So, so we had... so. We had discussed a lot of this stuff already in Zach's episode, but uh, so I won't like go over too much. But I have worked in ministry in the past, and in the past ministry ministries that I've done, there has been a lot of staff and pastor pleasing. Now, on the surface, it's yeah, I want to please them because I'm I'm working for them. I'm mm-hmm. want to be a good worship leader. Sure, that is sure. the surface understanding of that. But what what the deeper concern is. Is like, are they going to hate me if I do this wrong? Yeah. Are they going to look at me and say I'm not a good worship leader? Um, mm-hmm. Why don't uh, like with a particular pastor? Uh, I I often question like, why don't they want to have like a real personal relationship with me outside of work and like go get mm-hmm. dinner and stuff? And so I often question myself on those kinds of things in the past. And then, um, because I was so relationally oriented in ministry in the past, a lot of times I would take the whole worship team out for dinner. Now. I actually don't think that's bad. I think that's just a type of leadership strategy to like get to know your worship team. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that in the case, in my case, I should have maintained a certain level of um, disconnect uh, Mm. to, to maintain a leadership role. Um, I like, again, I don't think I did anything necessarily wrong, but I think internally for me, just for my own weakness, it would have been good to say like, I have to make good decisions. I can't be based off of whether or not the people around yeah. me are pleased with what I'm doing or not. And so um, that was a huge hurdle. And it ended up, you know, sending me into like a spiral, which God eventually redeemed in the best way possible. But whether or not the actions that I did were good for the ministry I was doing, they probably or most likely were very damaging to me, mm. but it wasn't just me doing it to me. It was a lot of, you know, I had, I had outside stimuli. I had a lot mm-hmm. of people on the outside affecting me, but I was allowing myself to be affected yeah. by the things, regardless if they were good or bad. And so that was a big stumbling block yeah. ministry, paid ministry and especially high, high positions. And I it's, need it. it's a tough balancing act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because really yeah. you got to like, you know, you got to love and um, and guide the people that are serving with you. And it's really challenging to find the right balance there because you need to be relational to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. Like you can't just be like in an ivory tower, like looking down and right. like giving commands okay. to people or else like you, your ministry won't be effective at all. Um, but at the same time, um, like you still have to be kind of in that discipling role where you're like bringing them alongside and, and, uh, and teaching them. And that does require like some degree of like separation between leader and, and, and the yeah, rest a of lot the people, <laughs> a lot of people are going to, are going to find that strange to hear this separation yeah. between, between your roles and the people that you're working with. But I have found, uh, but the, the, there's actually been so much studies been done that those who are in, uh, church leadership because that balance because that separation is often not there 
between their job and their and, and their family and their life outside yeah. of outside of that church building that so often it bleeds over it, it leads to so much burnout yeah. that it, mm-hmm. that people just can't take it and and uh and so it sounds like that may that may have been something you experienced a little bit of i had a lot of burnout but i also had a lot of like soul wrenching stuff where mm. i would i would maybe like work an entire like weekend, just like nonstop putting song lists together. Sure. Doing which stuff. And I would be buddies with everybody on the worship team. And I think everything was right. And then we get there Sunday and everything would go wrong. And I would blame myself and I would say like, Oh, well I just, you know, or, or, or I would get this like almost like a, like a, a, a stitch in my, my side or my, or like a, like a bad, like knot in my stomach over not being able to like, perform the right way to make everybody like like my performance mm-hmm. well and it's and very got, dangerous you got differing opinions too so you're not yeah. gonna make everybody happy exactly and that's the, yeah. that's the one thing that that everybody said but it was actually i think it's the wrong way to say it yeah so i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna put a uh, i'm gonna put a theory out there later uh, that's scripturally uh, supported but uh, let me continue on. I'll just tell you a few more real quick. Yeah. So uh, we talked about a place where you and I had worked. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we worked at a shoe store, and so um, during the time I worked at the shoe store, I had a lot of weird, um, you know, run-ins with different employees over the years, and a lot of them, you know, didn't didn't like what I was putting down and that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's a <laughs> did you, you like what I'm throwing down? You, you pick up what I'm laying down. <laughs> yeah, you pick up what I'm laying down. So um, and you took that personally, right? Well, like, I, a little. I it was more like, um, what could I do to to mend this? Because yeah. I know if I just found some common ground, you know. Yeah. And so it's funny because one of my D and D characters has that as its flaw. The Bolos mm. uh, pacifist character is that he naively believes that he can work to find common ground with anything like yeah. a cyclops and a dragon. Yeah. Like you guys are both ferocious. Okay. <laughs> we are passionate too in our party. And they're like, Oh, we'll kill you. I'm like, why didn't it work? So it was kind of like me almost like playing, <laughs> yeah. playing that out a bit. So, um, but yeah, so uh, at that, at that place we worked, it was, it was kind of um, one of those situations where, you know, I, I would say, how can I mend this? And I would like buy someone like a snack or, you know, just stuff that I thought was going to contribute to mending uh-huh. what could potentially be an animosity towards me, uh, which ended up uh, creating. It ended up uh, making me look to them more weak, but also it made me like sort of dependent on their mm. validation. So it's it's it was it was never going to work. And then finally, uh, I mentioned this before, I had a lot of friend circles when I was first becoming a Christian that were just obviously not good for me, uh, toxic and whatever words you Mm -hmm. want to say. But then I would like want that approval so bad. I want that validation. So then I would compromise, you know, I was like, I know it's not a good idea for me to try and go out to this girl's house tonight, but I want her to like me and I need to like drive out there. And then I get like lost in like the back roads of Richmond (laughs) because I couldn't find their car. Just like silly stuff like that. And so... All of those things kind of led led me into places that were just like wasting my life, like wasting my like my heart was like aching over stuff that was very meaningless. It was it was yeah. meaningful to me at the time. But mm-hmm. the second that you say to yourself, the only way I can feel better is by like this person, like kind of loving me the way I need to be loved or whatever is is a, it's a very dangerous path to lead down mm-hmm. uh to to go down and so 
but God God intercedes. So that's yeah. the next step of the tale. So yeah. So share some times where um, the truth revealed itself. Okay. Like so, what we like to call an aha moment, and you don't like to call it that. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my joke that I didn't write it the same way. Mm-hmm. I was trying to write it the same way, but um. So here's my thing, and it's not just a anything. Like it wasn't just any one thing. Mm-hmm. It was a series of learning experiences that all happened within like a yeah. maybe like a small clump of time. But um, I I stepped down from a ministry position mm-hmm. after quite a a a, a heart wrenching like situation, um, and so that was a, a first step of making a decision based on something that was uh, almost contrasting to mm-hmm. feeding into the feelings. Well, and you knew people would not be happy about that. Nobody was. Yeah. Not even people that are still friends with me to this day weren't happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote like many times in my life, I made concessions in order to maintain mm-hmm. the, the feelings of being approved instead of making strong, righteous decisions and living righteously, regardless of outside approval. And mm-hmm. so, each one of these decisions that I started making were based on me sitting alone with the scripture, sitting with God and praying and saying, like, I feel terrible. What am I supposed to do? And God said, OK, well, it's time to make these steps, which you will understand later are good for you. And so um, I, I stepped down from certain jobs. I stepped down from my position at a few. Well, at a, at a church. Yeah, I don't want to say. Um, but, uh, I also stepped down from, well, I didn't step down, but there was a situation with a different church that I tried to get hired to right. shortly afterwards, which should, uh, in a way shouldn't have affected me the way that it did, but it did for a reason of learning. And it was quite a learning experience. It was like that. I still needed to shed some of this stuff out of my, uh, some of this weakness needed to be like drudged up. Like the, like the band aid wasn't yeah, ripped off yeah. all the way. And like, you know, I think wherever God was leading you next, I think like you needed to have maybe the right mindset about it or something. Mm. The right, you know, needed to still be in it for like the right motivation and like be giving it to God. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, it's what's interesting is, okay, I'll just tell you, I, I, I left one ministry that I was mm-hmm. the worship director for and I could have, you know, gone on being like, oh, ho, look at me. I'm a hoity toity worship leader for yeah. a big, big church. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in all these in, in integral ways and whatever. So then I stepped down from that. I stepped down from a, another job that was a little toxic in my life. Uh, and it was a very like firm decision. Like mm-hmm. I, I have, I know this is not good for me. I'm done here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I applied to be a worship director at another church and I got to know the people got really, really involved. I got to know the pastor who we are still really good friends and I was denied and I won't go into too many details cause I don't want to give too much away. But, um, there was sort of this like veto vote process thing. You were kind of on track to get hired. No, nope, like I was in the I was final step. In. It just, yeah. it, it went wrong. The very final step. Yeah. And I believe that God was truly revealing in that situation Yeah. that, so again, not to brag about myself, I don't want to be like, oh, look how so much greater I am now. But I had actually stepped into that position 
in a, in a lot of good ways that I didn't step to, into the old ministry. Mm-hmm. Like I had changed my strategy and said, I know what's I know what the right decisions are now. Like mm-hmm. this this other experiences has opened up me saying I want to live righteously. I don't want to please people. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so in a lot of case in 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 this the process of doing that, a lot of people at the new church I got hired at were like thrown like they were like in a weird place with me. They were like, "Why are you?" You remember? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They were like weird about me talking about you. Mm-hmm. You remember that? We were, were like, both, why? We yeah. were both looking at jobs at the same time. And you, like, I just thought you wanted to work there. And then you recommended me, which people were confused. By. I, well, my point was, <laughs> I love my friend Zach and I want him to find something. So if I am not the perfect fit, maybe Zach is. And then mm-hmm. that way they at least have options and they can yeah. say who is the best fit instead of just having like one guy, you know? Yeah. And so right up into the very, very end, it didn't work out. And I think that God was purposely leading me through that situation to say, like, look, you've made a bunch of really good righteous decisions and you've done this the correct way and it still didn't work out. And it's and you need to understand that those people who are being nasty to you in that situation aren't your fault. Yeah. And you made the right decision still. Yeah. Yep. And so and that that in itself is such a hard lesson for yeah. many people to recognize Mm-hmm. And this is also part of the reason why Paul calls us to live above reproach. Because if we are living a lifestyle of a lo- above reproach, if we have done everything possible we could to right. be in the right to, the, to of our own capabilities and, and rely on God as much as we can in those situations, that even when things go wrong, we know that it has nothing to do with us. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and that's not necessarily a, a pride aspect as much as it recognizing God this is all on you. I've done yeah. everything that, that you've called me to do, and this is the outcome. Then so be it. This is the the, 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 the let your will be done here. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's so many things you can apply that to, like people who are like, oh, why didn't you know? Why didn't I get healed or whatever? When like prayers seem like they're going unanswered, right? And it's like, did I not? Some pastors would literally tell people, oh, you just don't have enough faith. You need to keep mm-hmm. praying. Right. It's like no. Sometimes like God just has a different plan. He answers differently than you think he is. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is no. Right. So, so a prime example, and again, I don't want to list anything out in the process of, of not getting this position, Mm -hmm. the pastor and I had, had met Mm -hmm. and he said to me, he said, Colin, and and it was almost as if God was speaking through this pastor. I I felt like that because I, I've said, I, I have, I have, have, I have never really experienced a true like auditory or like, or I'm not sure if I mm-hmm. have, I'm not like exactly sure mm-hmm. if I had auditorily heard from God, but I feel like a lot of times God speaks through communities mm-hmm. in my life, which may be one of my spiritual gifts being a community oriented person. But the pastor said to me, Colin, I just want you to know that you made good choices. You, you entered the situation righteously and you didn't, you know, I, I don't want you to think that you you screwed up, uh, you know, messed up somewhere. And when I started thinking about it, I was like, I agree. Like, I believe that about myself. I didn't need him to say that, but it was nice that he said it, yeah. but I didn't need him to. And when I realized I didn't need him to say that and I didn't need to, like, hang out with him forever after that, like, oh, I have a new friend. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, I am. I am. God has given me satisfaction in my soul and in my heart about the situation, yeah. even though it went badly. 
And all the people in that church, I was like trying to be friends with. Mm-hmm. So then I had like stepped down from that and was like, oh, okay. So now I'm not affected like I, w- I would have been, you know? Yeah. And so I want to just, this is, of course, my favorite book of the Bible. And this verse <laughs> is my pretty much my favorite verse. And as a result of these particular stepping down situations and transitional situations where God showed me relationships and ministry in a different way, I just keep echoing this this verse, which is James 1, starting in verse 2, says... Uh, Count it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or uh, endurance, you know, different uh, interpretations, Mm -hmm. and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so how does that translate to somebody like myself? Well, every trial that seemed hard or seemed really hurtful Mm-hmm. It's funny because those those types of trials, like leaving and dealing with a lot of people being angry, mm-hmm. didn't hurt the same way as the depression over feeling bad about myself. They hurt in the way that it's like I'm I'm in the fourth quarter of a football game and I've uh, just like fallen and like bloodied my nose, but I know I have to finish the game. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like when I yeah. had these experiences. And to me, that just, again, echoes that whole James thing of like, yeah, this was a tough trial, but now you have grown as a person yeah. and the next trial is not as tough. Yeah. And it just, you can be pruned through it. So mm-hmm. ultimately, after all of that, I actually got connected with a church family that I had been connected with in the past and um, ended up doing music for them for like a very small a group for no money, just, mm-hmm. just f- to do it. And that group was so, was, was the perfect group that I needed in my current season of life. Mm-hmm. And it was, and, and they're called center church. I've talked about them a lot on the podcast. It was a season where God was like, I have shown you this new truth about yourself. Mm-hmm. The new season is for you to dig deep in the scripture yeah. and like, really hone the truth of righteousness of your life and take that and then say, I'm confident in these decisions and I don't care if a person is, uh, you know, this will not affect me if a person is mad about my righteous living. So that, that was the transition that happened. And this podcast was an extension of that, of saying, um, I want to, I want to profess to the world, this righteousness that God wants me to profess the right way. And not to apologize if I'm not liked or if I, if somebody, uh, you know, has an issue. And so I got to that state where I was like, I could, I could comfortably say to someone, not in a nasty way. I'm not like this new, like, haha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I can say truths to you and make you look dumb. It's more like if there, cause it, cause at the ministry where I was the worship leader, there were times, I'm not kidding where I would just, I would cry and I would say like, I don't know what to do. My mm-hmm. father passed away. I don't have anybody to give me advice. I feel like I make a decision and it's always wrong to, to now being like, I know what God has asked me to do in the scriptures. And regardless of how people react, God has made it well in my soul 
Yeah. <laughs> and as we sang about last episode, uh, he has made it well with my soul and that I can step forward with confidence mm-hmm. and not be concerned. And so I feel like I am right at the very, very end of this weakness. I'm not fully out of the dark because there are people that I, you know, I still want them to be my friend. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, oh, I still, sure, I still sure. have those. Th- that's still a part of who I am, but I am now able to recognize and step back and say like, no, I made the right call here. Yeah. And if this is the, and, and because of that now, instead of having a lot of fleeting relationships and not a lot of like close, strong ones, I have maybe it's kind of like what the 300, like what's your profession. And then yeah. he's got like a small amount of like, like really awesome soldiers. So yeah. he's like, I have more soldiers than you. Well, so now it's like, how many friends do you have? Oh, I have like 400 friends. Like, well, how many friends do you have? And I can point to real friends, like yeah. people that I know if, if they ever questioned my stuff, it would be because they love me. Uh, it's like what Bob said, the righteous judgment from that episode a long time ago, where we talked about what it looks like to really take the sawdust out of mm-hmm. your own eye and then help your friend with the, or the plank out of your own eye before you help the friend with the sawdust. Yes. Uh, so I'm at that point now where that kind of stuff I welcome. Yeah. And my decisions I make confidently. Yeah. And as a result of that, it has completely flip flop my outlook mm-hmm. on relationships. Yeah. So you two, of course. I think you guys know that we're really close. Oh yeah. Um so I I am able to yeah. pick certain friends. Yeah. So that's, I think that's it's great. I think it's really cool because it seems like the more I talk to people about this kind of subject, like what they've overcome. Right. It seems like God like uses it for his glory, but he almost like uses each person to teach the lesson about that thing that they overcome. And so it's like, you know, you becoming like learning about that um, and then compensating for your weakness, letting God kind of like work through that. Yeah. You kind of almost tell the testimony of what it's like to just find satisfaction in pleasing God. It's, you know, it's great just like to feel that I'm, way. I'm starting to become like the greatest evangelist for like just being humble and not caring like what your like position or status is. Right. Yes. Bob is learning right now how to not be in control <laughs> and he's becoming a good example of releasing that, you know, and that's just what, your, that's just, what God does. You know? And I don't want to share too much, but just your current, your current situation with your family and stuff like that. Uh, I, I yeah. think you've shown a lot of grace and, and allow God yeah. to just be and let, let God do what he needs to do with you guys. If you let great. God work through your weakness, you almost become like, you know, a great example of like the opposite of what your struggle is. Right. Like, to, to, to that, he to will that do effect, that. just yeah. a small side story that this past week, uh, we were working with uh, our foster child on eating solids, eating solid puree, and it was going everywhere. And I had to really practice restraining myself <laughs> um, because because that was that was what success actually looks like for a young mm-hmm. infant first, you know, exploring with this stuff. Um, so you and, didn't try and control the food by making a big dome around your child, <laughs> catch the food and, and deposit well, I, it back into a receptacle. Field. Yes. Well, I was wanting to like quickly clean her up because she's making a mess everywhere and just. And I had to control myself and restrain myself, recognizing, no, this is needs to happen. She needs to explore this 
without any sort of request, just recognizing that this is what food is. It's part this of that. This is food. Yeah. So, and, so, but it was, but it, that, that's, it's hard. Oh, it's so yeah. hard. <laughs> so I have this final scripture that kind of, it, it, it doesn't sum up the whole thing, but I think it, it hits to the heart of sort of like a big victory over my weakness yeah. in some ways. And I didn't have the victory. God had the victory, but he had it right. through me and in me in a lot of ways through the Holy Spirit. Um, so first Peter, uh, first Peter three, starting in verse 13 says, and this is a very famous, but if you read it in its full context, it makes more sense to me. I think, uh, starting in verse 13, it says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Mm. So think about that for a minute. If you are being zealous for actual good things that God says are good mm-hmm. and somebody wants to harm you. So continue on verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So a lot of people take that just that Mm -hmm. and they don't read before after. Yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So it's not saying to take away parts of my personality of being a good, nice person. It's just telling me where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. Like doing it for the righteousness of God, doing it, doing it for, for Christ, for righteousness sake and for, for Christ and for the Lord um, and and still in gentleness and respect. So don't lose the aspects that you already have. But I like this last part. Um, so uh, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will mm. than for doing evil. So there's a differentiating between what I was doing before for yeah. the pleasure of my own heart and feelings versus doing good and being slandered potentially, but doing it for God. I think in those moments you will feel the joy in the Holy spirit that, that God will make yeah. you feel. Yeah, buddy. And so that is where I've come to. Nice. It's a, it's, it's a good place to, to feel in these, this day and age. Um, I feel, um, each of us has come a long way just from the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm honored that you guys let me be the last one to go, but I think that we all had a great episode in discussing like how, where we were and so where we've come. So, what are the um, just real quick the just a couple of handful of little insights that you've learned? Okay, throughout struggling with this. So, insights, sure. So, one of the things is um, pride is not good unless. It is the righteous pride. I call it righteous pride. And that is when you Mm. are proud to be subservient to God. Like, and I know that's weird because it's almost like, how can you have pride and subservience in the same sentence? But it's almost as if you're proud of who you are in Jesus, you know? And so I'm with you. I'm with you. That's an insight I have. Well, it's like, you know, Paul saying like, I won't boast in myself. He says like multiple different ways throughout his different letters. He's like, I can't boast, but I will boast in Christ. You know, it's like, you're proud of like what God is doing. I will (laughs) not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom. Yeah. But I will boast in Jesus Christ 
his, his death wounds, and resurrection, his yeah. wounds have paid my ransom. Yeah, or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, um, I so the other thing is defining yourself. So I think mm-hmm. a, a good insight would be. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like one of those like what do they call those self love uh, quotey things? Sure. Remember, it was like, um, don't ever let the love of someone else define who you yeah. are. But I think I think that really, if you can get to a good place that you can and you can sustain yourself, you can feel real joy and, and be sustained mm-hmm. and be satisfied with the love that God puts in you from himself uh through through your life as he uh, like the satisfaction will be shared i guess in a lot of ways through the holy spirit and i think that um once it's it's a long road but if you can get there then you will find that you need other people less than less Mm -hmm. and then um i like that first peter talks about you still don't have it doesn't mean i have to stop being a good person like yeah uh, it doesn't mean people liking me is bad it just means that if they like me, hopefully they like me for who God is in me. Yeah. Exactly. And not exactly. who I am in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that's some small insights. I that's think those awesome. are kind of obvious for, for, for Christians who are active, uh, you know, really seeking after God. But for me, for a long time, it wasn't. So <laughs> hopefully some people out there needed to hear, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah. Cool. Thank you guys for letting me kind of bleed out a little bit, rend my heart a bit. <laughs> Thank you, Colin, for yes. kind of share, for being so open and sharing where you come from and how God's been working through your life. Yeah, it's a great testimony, man. I'll like, tell you something. Self-analysis. I said this on Zach's episode. I said it on Bob's episode. Self-analysis is not a bad thing. It's not. Yeah. It seems like it because you're like, oh, I don't want to really see the real me. But yeah. seeing the real you can help you. Yeah. I'm not saying, I think personality tests sometimes try and make the claim that they can help you to see the real you. Maybe it does work. Maybe it doesn't. Well, they're, they might be accurate on some levels, but they're never the full picture. Right. Not even the Enneagram as much as our millennial friends like it. Right. And so one of the things (laughs) we like it too, to a certain extent, (laughs) what one insight I will give that has not a lot to do with me, just a general biblical insight that I think is fun. You guys should try sometime. Um, And maybe we should do this potentially as another like coming up episode sort of thing. And that is find a, uh, either a book, find an author of the Bible or find a figure of the Bible that you feel like is very relatable to you. And as you kind of look into their life, you might find insight in mm-hmm. yourself. So for example, um, Elisha, he was afraid and he went out into the wilderness and then he heard God in a, yeah. you know, a still small voice. Yeah. And so most people look at Elijah as this like great um, hero, patriarch person. And in a lot of ways, he's very human. Mm -hmm. And so one of those things about relating to people in the scripture is that gives you insight in yourself. So there, there are a lot of figures in the scriptures that I relate to that aren't Mm. perfect that allow me to kind of look at myself. Yeah. So I would say that's a good other insight just to take it's still like maybe there's a particular guy or a particular author in the scriptures. <laughs> I think uh, if anybody relates to John, they might have a small pride problem, <laughs> but not much <laughs> like uh, the one who the was one loved who just... most by, well, if by... you ask my uh, professor, Ben Witherington, yeah, he said that the person who wrote John is actually Lazarus. 
So maybe Lazarus had. Oh, a, so <laughs> he just, he was a people pleaser. That's what it was. Like he just wanted one, John to really like the, him. He's the one that Jesus really loved. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank yes. you for giving me a chance to, to talk about myself a little bit. Um, and please check us out on Patreon. Check us out on uh, all the places you get podcasts. Zach, where else can they check us out? Oh man. So check us out in whatever you're listening to podcasts on. You already so, know about us there, but yep. you should definitely check us out on you like, already the different know. socials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insta. We're on there. We're on Facebook. We have not posted enough recently, but we're going to start. I trying. will get on that. I just, yeah. I wanted to announce this. I just got a new job. I talked about it last episode. It's going to be awesome. I'm yeah. going to have a lot more free time. You're going to see a lot more <laughs> Facebook so. stuff happening, yeah. but yeah, that'd be great. And then, of course, patreon.com slash the houseplants podcast. And uh, check us out there, and we will catch you next time. Peace.